Podcasters Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. In my darkness, set me free. And I hear the Spirit calling me. Hello, this is Pastor Shane Eidelman of Westside Christian Fellowship. Because pastoring can be difficult, challenging, and exhausting, Pastors Unplugged is specifically designed to encourage those in pastoral ministry. I hope you enjoy this episode of Pastors Unplugged. Hey, welcome to this next episode of Pastors Unplugged, where we try to at least equip and motivate pastors. It's definitely, in my opinion, one of the hardest callings out there being called of God to steward his truth, steward the body of Christ, uh, stand up for truth and get, have our own lives in order. It's, it's, a you know, it's a daily struggle, a daily walk. So we want to offer some hope and encouragement. And today I want to just share um, a trip or actually share about a trip I took to Texas. We had about 25, 30 uh, Christian leaders from around the United States come together, uh, spearheaded by James Robinson and just talk about what is going on? And I actually wrote an article with some of these points. Uh, if we remember, as always, we will put it in the description of this. The article is along the lines of, is this our last chance? Is this is this our last stand regarding America and things like that? Um, and people, you know, they're confused a little bit on politics and policies and what kind of difference should we make school board meetings, running for office, uh, and you know, I've, I've talked about that before. I'm not going to really go in that direction here, but I also, am going to encourage you in the description and pastors, you will be encouraged and convicted. I'm going to put Sunday sermon in the description, um, with the same title. Is this our last stand, our last chance, uh, talking about involvement, talking about what that looks like, talking about the desperate need to be filled with God's spirit and on and on it goes. So at this meeting, they asked, you know, why are we here? Why did we come there basically on our own dime? And um, I just thought early in the morning on Wednesday morning of the week, we were there of, you know, looking at the face of my children and obviously their grandchildren and what we're leaving them. And um, it just stirred something up inside of me. And I think we are called to make a difference. I, I don't think the silent pulpit is God's pulpit. And granted, there's different callings, different uh, passions, different burdens. And so we're all not going to look the same way. But if I were to give a brief message to the pastors in America, um, I would remind them that revival is our only hope. A spiritual awakening is our only hope. End of story. No questions asked. We all, many of us agree on that. We've got stage four spiritual uh, cancer, and it has permeated all areas of life from the schools to the courthouses to uh, the churches uh, to um, the media to Hollywood. I mean, you name it. And we are just inundated with perversion and filth. And unless God brings a spiritual awakening, that's where um, I, I don't have a lot of hope because as we know, politics is not the answer policies are not the answer. Uh, and I like what Jim Garlow said, uh, politics matters because policy matters and policies matter because people matter. And so although it's not the answer, it's the outflow of the answer. Let me, let me share this with you. I wasn't really concerned about abortion until I fully surrendered my life to the Lord. And God gave me this passion, uh, for this, 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 uh, 
atrocity that's happening in our nation. And uh, same with you. When God gives you a passion, we we want to change policy. We want to, and people say, well, that's not the answer. No kidding. It's nobody saying it's the answer. We're saying it's a byproduct of the answer. It should out. It should come out of our hearts. It should. We should be the salt and the light in all areas. So anyway, that's really not my focus. Um, I've shared before that the hardest part of pastoring, I'm sure many of you would agree, is seeing people that are hurting and destitute and realizing that living water, uh, they are, um, they're, they're malnutritioned, spiritually speaking, uh, they're dying of thirst, spiritual thirst, spiritual water. And we know that living water is just steps away that just come and take freely of this living water and the desperate need for brokenness. But I would submit to you that this is true with pastors as well. We can become um, workers and not worshipers. We can become like often law enforcement, you know, bitter. And we've been hurt a lot. And that desperate need to spend time at the pulp, uh, at the altar or in our own prayer closet or prayer, clo- uh, prayer chamber, as Jesus would refer to, which was an inner room a lot of times there in, in Israel. And this, this, this time, this desperate time of seeking God, being broken before him, humble, basically being refueled, refreshed and revived. So the same thing our people need is the same thing that we need. And once we you begin to revive the pulpits. That's when I believe you're going to see more of a spiritual awakening. And that's happening. You know, I, I see churches in Florida, uh, some in Tennessee, uh, some of my other friends here in California, you know, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, many, many years ago, I think 1800s, I've quoted before Alex de Tocqueville, it's at least attributed to him that he looked for uh, the reason why America was so great. And I don't think we need to apologize for that American exceptionalism, because we give God all the glory, all the credit. We are blessed beyond measure. And we should thank God for those blessings. America is flawed, just like any other country. It's a, it's a reflection of her people. And that's why it was more, it was more focused on biblical principles early on in her conception. But he, he searched for this greatness and he visited, you know, the vast gold mines and the and the commerce and the the fertile fields and the 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 shores of the Atlantic and the Pacific. And he said it was not until I visited the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflamed with righteousness. In other words, the passion uh, 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 for preaching and of, of 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 repentance and of coming to know Christ. And maybe some sermons, you know, too heavy handed, but we've become so, sh- our sermons have become so sugar-coated in the spirit of, of offense. We don't want to offend anyone. And we just think now we're cheerleaders and only encouragers and go get them guys. And always, always encouraging. You, you're not supposed to actually encourage people in their sin. We're supposed to encourage them out of their sin. And one of the best ways to do that is repentance. And so you can have this, this loving heart for people, but also encourage the desperate need for repentance. The gospel began with repentance and we see it ending with repentance, go and preach repentance. And so, um, getting that church back to the pulpits aflamed again. When, when pastors, I remember when pastors would lead the prayer meeting, they would lead their church to weekly prayer meetings. They would lead their church to the altar. They were broken, humble men. And God would just, the fire of God would fall upon that place and lives were changed. And it was not easy. It was difficult, very difficult pastoring that type of environment because where God is moving, so is the enemy. 
and getting that getting back to that passion of prayer when prayer was the priority and so many of us love to quote Spurgeon but we forget about the hundred or so people in the basement underneath the church during each service praying for a mighty move of God's spirit and the anointing upon Spurgeon's lips and and how the prayer meeting drove that church and how prayer sparked revival in New Hebrides and under Duncan Campbell and even re- Welsh revivals with Evan Roberts, 1904. And uh, I, I love reading about the uh, Scotland, the revivals in Scotland, one of the most beautiful lands where revival has touched down. I've got a big thick book on all the revivals that took place in Scotland. You'd be amazed to read about the prayer meeting that ignited this, the prayer meeting that ignited that. And You've got men like Hal Harris, Griffin Jones, uh, there in the Welsh revivals, um, the Calvinist fathers, the Calvinist, Calvinist Methodist fathers of Wales is a series there, um, on these great preachers in the 1700s and Daniel Rollins and, and just powerful men of God. And God blessed a praying church. God blessed a church on fire for him, getting back to repentance and brokenness and humility. And many times now, I mean, I even saw it going, uh, to different events and, People, what size is your church? What size is your church? What's your budget? What's your budget? What about where's the baptism of the fire? Where, where they used to call a pastor, you know, 100 years ago, they'd see, they'd ask, has he received his baptism of fire? Is the Spirit of God in, 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 among him? And I usually ask, I don't really, you know, to me, I've lost that, that zeal for numbers uh, because I came from corporate America where it was all about the numbers, uh, revenue, line items, budget, um, electronic funds transfer, and, and how much the payroll expenditures were versus the, the gross and the net and, and hitting the numbers of how many people coming into the facilities and walk-ins and telephone inquiries and, and buddy referrals and all this, you know, it's numbers, 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 numbers. Now in the church, many times we, we, we rate success by numbers. Now God does bless a church and I believe a a healthy church will grow. It's growing, but not always, not necessarily. Sometimes there's hard seasons and I like to know what is God doing in your church? You know, a hundred people that let's say a church is small churches, a hundred people and, and man, Shane, we, our prayer meeting is on fire marriages you know, being restored. And uh, I can, I can take you to large churches in Tennessee and the Carolinas and even California. And, you know, they've got their, you know, their four minute worship song followed by three and a half minutes of announcements, followed by another four minute worship song. The next worship song is three minutes, 50 seconds. The next worship song is four minutes and 25 seconds. That will give us right into the quick baby dedication. And we have three minutes to do this baby dedication. And then right in, I've got 25 minutes to give this message and, and just, and then we got to get them out for the parking lot. And it, that, I'm not sure that's what the new Testament church would, um, would endorse. I mean, granted, I love some of these guys. It's hard. You know, we've tried with our parking issue and we've got five acres across the street that we're allowed to park in. And, um, but it gets challenging when the services flow into the other service. And I do have that on my mind sometimes, but also what is God doing? Uh, you know, so when we look at the, these, the past revivals and people like Leonard Ravenhill and Tozer and Deal Moody and all the great men we love to quote from Wesley and Whitfield and, uh, John Bunyan was just a mighty man of God filled with the spirit of God. We, we've got to get back to that. So if a spiritual awakening is our only hope, and I believe it is, the shepherds need to be fueling those fires, whether it's five people at your prayer meeting 
or, you know, 115 people. We just had a, a morning prayer meeting, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. I was so encouraged about 115 people showed up early morning worship and just, just the prayer meeting afterwards was just, um, just so many people staying for prayer. And I wish I could put that in a capsule and, uh, just hold on to it for next week. And, and, um, but be encouraged, you know, revival. Uh, God is giving us a measure of revival in our bondage. I know our church, Westside Christian Fellowship, I mean, it's, it's, it's weekly. God is just exploding things and, and we, we might not see things on a large scale, but you know, God usually takes the least likely and the, and those without the huge numbers and huge budgets and they have to follow protocol and they put God in a box and it's hard for God to really bring that sense of revival in that type of atmosphere. So I just want to encourage you the blessing of brokenness is that and no matter how big or small your church is, <clears throat> God isn't looking for numbers. He's looking for you plus God is the majority. I'm going to say that one more time. You plus God is the majority. So start a prayer meeting. Yeah, I mentioned ours. We started that. I remember it was a guy named Phil and Jack and myself, three of us opening the church about 5, 530 in the morning and laying on, on the floor sometimes in the prayer room and just crying out to God. You know, a good six months went by and then we opened it up to morning worship. And then you've got, you know, a dozen or two dozen or three dozen. And, and just, you know, God just begins to honor that hunger is contagious and people were just, um, wanting that more and more. But then we had to switch to a third service because of, of the growth. And then, so we're kind of going back and forth on, man, we really want to bring that back that morning worship. And so, you know, it's a struggle, uh, but I do know the blessing of brokenness of humility and pastors filled with the spirit of God. That's how we're going to spark these flames of revival. And often I hate to burst some bubbles right here, but often there's exceptions. Uh, but you don't see, you know, okay, you got this man up there at the pulpit. He's got a great sermon prepared. He preaches it and then revival falls in the place. Now, granted that has happened under wet Whitfield and Wesley. I've had some, some services where that spirit of God just hits a place and people begin weeping and, and it's incredible, but usually it's birth in the prayer closet. So you give birth to the revival in the prayer closet. Months go by, sometimes years go by. And, and the gestation period, just as a child is growing in the womb, this, 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 this revival is growing and growing. And it, to me, it's almost like God is testing us. How bad do you want it? Are you going to fast? Are you going to continue? And there's just a few of you there. Are you going to, are you, are you there just because of the numbers? And, and are you going to elevate yourself when I, when I pour out my spirit on your church and, and what, what, what's going to take place? Um, when, when this actually happens, are you prepared shepherd? Is your own heart prepared? And God uses this, this, this gestation period, this nine month period, you know, if we want to parallel it with birth to really, um, really just move passionately in our hearts. And then from that brokenness, from that, I would say humility from that desperation, from that call and cry of revival. I believe that God hears the cries of his children as pastors cry out, God, you are our only hope. So I believe we actually have to lead the way. We are the fuel that's going to start that fire. We are that kindling, uh, the shepherds. That goes, goes without a doubt that those who are called to lead the church are also called to lead the church in this area of spiritual awakening. So anyway, just want to share what was on my heart. Again, you can check out Sunday sermon in the description, along with the article, everything. Um, it, it, a lot of it is, is focused on what I said, but a lot of it is going in different directions. And I just want to hope, hope that is an encouragement for you. If you have questions or thoughts or comments, definitely let us know at shaneidleman.com. You can shoot us an email and I'm hoping to bring that up on another podcast. 
Uh, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody, really. I'm just here in Southern California. God's radically changed my life. I'm not a theologian. I look up to theologians. I'm not a historian, but I love reading about church history. I love reading about pneumatology and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and solid doctrine. And I just, I just want to share my heart. And that's the kind of where these podcasts came from. And I want to encourage you as well, because I know this is a, it's a hard calling. Many times this is a, a, a calling. Many of us think about quitting. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for him calling us now, a lot of people quit that aren't really called, but, and even, even those who are called quit because God uses our quitting to rebuild us and break us. And, you know, but it, it's something that it is one of the hardest professions out there because, um, you know, financially not that great for most people, most of us, uh, relationally, it's hard to have, you know, a lot of friends and close friends and you're hurt, you get hurt by a lot of people. I get hurt by more people than I think our whole congregation put together sometimes. Um, not, of course not true, but, uh, and then just the criticism, the, you know, the attacks, and then you got to get up and do it again and do it again and keep pressing and looking at all the evil prevailing, especially here in California and you get discouraged. And, and so I wanted to just do this to encourage you, let you know, there are a lot of people out there. Uh, I just got a, I saw, I got a call come in from a, a pastor, I believe in Florida. And uh, we're going to touch base soon. Just encourage each other. I got another friend in Kansas city, another in Tennessee. And, um, we're just keeping these fires going and trust me, it'll, it, the remnant will not fail. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We just have to hold on to that promise and uh, allow that to be the anchor in our life. If you need additional support, you can visit my website, shaneidleman.com, where I will also write about many of the topics that we will be discussing. Sermons and free downloads of my books are also available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these ebooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.